Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Spring Cleaning. And I'm really excited about this weekend because I get to talk about you and I spring cleaning what what the Bible calls boldness or our boldness. And man, uh, we've never needed boldness more than we need now because there's this thing called fear. It's the opposite of boldness. Anxiety is its cousin, right? And there's just this thing that wants to hit our minds and come into our minds. And by the time we're finished, we'll understand what that means and why it happens and how we can uh, overcome it with this thing called boldness, right? But, you know, I look back and I think about what we all went through with COVID. Then we come out of COVID and now it's like, high inflation and the highest gas prices in our history and uh, baby formula not being found, you know, and all these things. And, and it's just like a crazy time. I think our whole nation has post-traumatic stress syndrome, guys. I really do. And I don't think people know how to handle it, right? They don't know what to do with it. And so I'm watching, even in, in our church and with Christianity, I'm watching fear come at us at the highest level that it's ever come at us, right? And so I thought, man, what a great time to talk about this thing called boldness. And I came up with a statement. So when, when I share this statement, ask yourself, uh, am I in fear in any area of my life? And, and here's how it goes. It goes like this. Fear freezes our feet and torments our mind. And we'll talk about the torment in our mind in a moment. And when we're done with this lesson, you'll understand how to deal with that. But when I say freezes our feet, I just mean there's certain things we don't do because of fear. So it could be anything. We don't share our faith and invite someone to church because of fear. We're afraid, what will they, how will they respond? What will they think of us? Or uh, we're overly fearful. You know, with COVID, uh, especially with people with immune problems, you need to be cautious. So I'm not saying don't be cautious, but we don't want fear to control us, right? And to freeze us in any area of our life. And so ask yourself, are are my feet frozen? And then is my mind being tormented? The enemy has the ability to put thoughts in our mind and literally torment us and fill us with anxiety. And you'll understand, we'll tell you how to handle it in a moment, but ask yourself, am I dealing with fear in any area of my life. And I'm seeing it at the highest level I've ever seen it. So some of us are fearful uh, in areas where maybe we shouldn't be fearful, maybe cautious, but not fearful. Just reminded me of a couple stories. Um, and I'm just going to have fun with them, right? But when Joe and Dave were young, Michelle was a baby and Deanna wasn't born yet. Uh, I took them outside and I have them barefoot because I spent my whole summers barefoot just running around on the grass. And I figured if a bee stings me, it stings me, right? And I found out the first thing, I wasn't allergic, so that was cool. But then I would dig worms up and bugs and get all dirty and play with them, you know? And so I have Joe and Dave out and I thought, you know, I'm going to just introduce them to bugs and worms, and, and they're running around barefoot. So I dug up a worm, and I'm letting them touch it. And then Gina walked out. Now, she's a young mom, right? And she grew up with two sisters, and she never did that. And, and she sees them touching worms, and she's like, what are you doing, Joe? Those are full of germs. Go wash their hands, you know? And this and that. I said, honey, chill. Just chill. I said, 
it's not going to hurt them. It's going to build their immune system. They need to touch germs, right? They'll be stronger for it, right? And we talked it through, and then we, we ended up getting on the other side of that, and the kids were allowed to go outside and play and get their hands dirty, you know, that type of thing. And I think sometimes we can be a little overly protective, but we just had something happen, and it's so cute. And uh, uh, we, were, we went to calling hours Thursday night, so it's an hour and 20 minutes in line. It was one of my cousins. And uh, he, he was the principal of a Nile school, so uh, it just was an incredibly long line. We have these two ladies in front of us, sisters, and we just had so much fun talking to them for that hour and 20 minutes, and we're just cracking up. But then finally, about an hour and 10 minutes in, we're finally at the spot where there's the book to sign, you know? And I told Gina, go sign our name in the book. And she goes, I'm not touching that dirty pen. And... Uh, <laughs> I said, but you have neater handwriting. And she goes, I'm not touching it, you know? And, and so I said, all right, I'll go sign it. But I said, I'm not, I'm not using hand sanitizer if I sign it because I don't believe in hand sanitizer, you know? And I'm not saying I'm right. It's just who I am because, you know, that alcohol dries out my nice, soft skin, and I hate when it dries out my skin, right? So I told her, I'll go sign it. But, and she says, you're going to use hand sanitizer. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so I went and signed it, and I, on, I had to put that hand sanitizer on. Yeah? And I'm not saying it's wrong to use hand sanitizer. I'm just saying uh, just to have some fun. Uh, you have to ask yourself, are my feet frozen? Is my mind being tormented, right? And I have a very strong immune system. Not that I can't get sick, but whenever I get sick, I figure, hey, I'm making my immune system stronger. This is awesome, right? So we all think differently, right? Pray for me if you think I'm crazy. But here's my big idea for this lesson, guys. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. The real you is a bold you. And I want us to walk out understanding this more clearly than we ever have. And I was preaching this. I preach my message every morning, all week, start on Tuesday, take Mondays off, and I preach it. And as I was preaching it, I'm, I'm just going over it. The real you is a bold you. And I preach it like I'm right here in front of everybody. And I just had this phrase come to me uh, concerning you. And it goes like this, you're a bold dude. You're just a bold dude. And you may not know it, but you are by birth. You are by God's grace. You're a bold dude. So I want you to do something. I hardly ever do this, but over in Borman, uh, guys at TCI online, if you're watching with someone, but here in this room in Warren, can you look at someone, a neighbor, and just look at them and say, you're a bold dude. Would you just do that? I want them to hear that with their ears. And, and then would, would you look at somebody else, one other person, just go, you're a bold dude, because you are. You're bold, man. You're bold. And, and you and I have to come to understand that. You know, when Gina and I go for ice cream, um, she's a one scooper. How many scoops? She'll say one. I'm a two scooper. I always do two scoops. And, 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 and when it comes to boldness, do you know God gave you two scoops, not just one? It's two scoops of boldness, guys. And, and here's why. God put the Holy Spirit in you, and that's God, the Holy Spirit. So he's super bold, right? But then God recreated your human spirit, the real you. You're creating in his image and likeness. That's the you that's inside your body, looks just like your body. That's the you that goes to heaven when your body dies. And he was recreated uh, when you accepted Christ, and you are created in his image. So you're also bold. So that's the two scoops. You're bold by nature, and then the Holy Spirit's inside you. And there's a text here that's so powerful, 2 Timothy 1.6, and it reads like this, for which cause I remind thee to stir up the gift of God that is in thee through the putting on of my hands. So let's just stop there for a moment. Uh, 
almost every scholar will agree, this is referring to when Paul prayed for uh, Timothy to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so now he's saying, you have the gift of the baptism. He's saying, stir yourself up. And, and then when they go to the next verse, um, almost all scholars will agree, that's referring to your human spirit and the Holy Spirit. That's a double scoop. And listen to this, guys, verse seven. For God did not give us a spirit of fear. So the Holy Spirit is, is in fear. Of course, God has no fear. But then your human spirit's been recreated in God's image, and he did not put a spirit of fear inside you. And then I love how it describes us and the Holy Ghost, of course. Uh, but he gave you a spirit of power. And this is the Greek word dunamis. We derive our English word dynamite from it. It means God's explosive life-giving power. And in this case, it's talking about us being bold people because that's the issue here, not to be fearful. And so he gave you a spirit that's powerful, that's bold. And then he goes on and says, and of love, and you're created in God's image. And so God is love. So your very nature is love. And think about the double scoop there. The Bible also says that God's placed the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and he releases love in our hearts too. And so we have love, double dose of love, double scoop, and then he says, and of a sound mind. And I'm reading, as you can see out of Young's literal translation, Dr. Young was a Hebrew and Greek scholar. He's now in heaven. But I love the way he, he interpreted this little phrase, a sound mind, uh, because this word means disciplined, uh, this word means self-controlled, but it's happening up here in our minds. And so God gave you a spirit that has the ability to bring peace to your mind and give you a disciplined, sound mind that's not fearful, that's not anxious, that has the ability to walk in the boldness of God. And so God has given you a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. And so that's why I say the real you is a bold you. You are a bold dude, everybody in this place. And I want to help you understand how to release that boldness. And when it comes to deep cleaning, spring cleaning, there, there's just three beautiful foundations that we must understand so we're bold, right? And I want to just go through those three. And if you clean those up and make sure you shine them up and you understand them, you will be a bold person. Does it mean you'll never fear, feel fear? No, but it means you'll overcome it and you'll be able to be bold as you walk through life. Your feet won't be frozen. Your mind won't be tormented. So here's the first foundational truth. Boldness rises up inside of us when we understand how much God loves us. And last week, we talked about God loving us by dying on a cross. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about what the Bible calls the perfect love of God. And it's just referring to the fact God is not bringing bad things into your life. God would never do that to you. But it's difficult to be bold, bold when we're not sure, did God bring this or is, is this something else that brought it? And so God's wanting us to understand where bad things come from in our life. And listen to this incredible verse, 1 John 4, 18. We need have no fear of someone, that's God, who loves us perfectly. What does it mean that God loves you perfectly? His perfect love for us, listen to this, eliminates all dread or fear of what he might do to us. When you understand he loves you perfectly, you know he's not going to bring evil into your life. It goes on to say this, if we are afraid, if we have fear, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. And so what is he saying? We have to be convinced the perfect love of God. He's not the bad guy. He's the good guy. He's bringing good things into our life, not 
bad things. And so the Bible talks about this thing called the fear of the Lord, and it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it mean to fear the Lord? That's a big question. To fear the Lord means this, and and I would want all of us to walk in this fear. To fear the Lord means we realize that one day we will be accountable to God and we'll literally stand before him and have to give an account to our life. And so that's a healthy fear of the Lord. Fearing the Lord is not wondering whether or not he's gonna give us a backhand, right? And so the Bible lets us know God's not bringing bad things into your life. And you and I need to understand that if we're going to walk in boldness. So we have to make sure we clean that up. God's the good God. God's the one that plants seed. The enemy's the one that comes and steals it. Uh, God came to give us life and life more abundantly. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we need to know we live on a dead world with all kinds of problems, but that's not God. And God loves us. So that's the first one. Spring clean that, remind ourselves of it. Do that as you go through the week. Here's the second foundational truth. Boldness rises up inside of us when we understand God is with us. And there's just something about understanding the fact that God's with you. And I want to share a family story with you. Uh, in our childhood, I would have been 10th grade. Tony would have been out of high, or out of high school. He was a year out of high school. And uh, my brother Jim was not at the house at the time. And my brother Mike was only in eighth grade. And Michael didn't grow. And none of us are tall, right? But he didn't even grow. He was so skinny uh, until after high school. And we actually gave him the name Weasel. And we just teased him all the time. We called him Weasel, Weasel, Weasel. And when he was little, he would cry. But my older brothers got me too. I had to wear a patch on my eye uh, when I was like you know, five, six, seven years old because I had a weak eye. And so they just called me Patch Eye. And they would point at me and go, Patch Eye, Patch Eye, Patch Eye. And I'd begin to tear. Don't call me Patch Eye. You know? So we teased each other. And I just wanted you to know, Mike was just little scrawny. We called him Weasel, right? And so one day he's riding this bike in the neighborhood on a, on a, on a street near ours. And this lady is sitting on her porch and he feels like she's staring at him uh, with an attitude. So he goes by one time, then he comes by the second time. He gives her the middle finger and cusses her out loud. He just throws cuss words at her. And then he comes home like nothing happened. Nobody was with him. But that night, her husband came to our door. And, uh, and her husband was a bull of a man. He was huge. And he was a police officer. So it means he knew how to defend himself. And he knocks on our door. And my dad answers the door. My dad's five six, just a little guy. And, and my dad says, yeah, can I help you? He goes, I, I live over here on the street. He goes, one of your kids came by today on their bike. And they gave my wife the middle finger and cussed her out. And my dad said, which one? Because my dad was going to discipline us right away. And he said, a little scrawny one. My dad goes, weasel, Michael, come over here. So Mike comes. Tony and I are curious, but we're hiding in the background because we don't know what's going to happen. We're just listening. So you have this bull of a man, and he's kind of snorting. He's so upset uh, as he talks, you know. And then uh, my dad says to Michael, did you do that? And Michael said, yeah, his wife had an attitude. She was looking at me with an attitude, so I did it. And then this guy lost his professionalism, tries to open the screen door, which was locked, and he's ready to come through the screen door. And I see my dad pause. I, I never watched my dad pause, but he's like, I don't think I can take this guy. And he looks a little nervous because typically he'd run out there and meet him, you know, go outside, open the door. But this guy's like wanting to come after Mike because Mike's saying, yeah, I did it. She had an attitude. So then at that point, Tony and I walk over and and my dad sees us. And then it's just like he unlocks the screen door. He's ready to go out because he figured I've got two boys to back me up. But I'm looking at this guy thinking, it was my first good look at him. I don't think the three of us can take him. He, he is... <laughs> 
he is a bull of a man, right? And so, but then he backed off because he saw three of us there. And I think he thought, well, I, I don't think I can take these guys. So uh, it all ended and so on and so forth. Mike was grounded for a long time. But I, I share the story with you because I'll never forget the look on my dad's face when he saw we were with him. And that's how you and I should be with God. We should see God's there and boldness should flood us because we know I'm not facing this alone. God is with me. And there's a story in the Bible. It's the most incredible story. And you may not have you know, saw all this, but the full picture is amazing. God calls Abram out and sends him to the land of, of, of Canaan. And so he's with his nephew Lot, and their herds become so big, they split up, and Lot goes to one part, Abraham's in another. And then these four kings with their armies, hundred thousands of soldiers, they come and they attack that that where Lot is, and then they take everybody, they take all their goods, and they run off. And so someone comes to Abraham and says, they stole Lot, these four kings. And do you know he only had 318 men that was part of his family, and they weren't soldiers. Do you know that he armed them, and 318 guys went after those four armies? Just think about that. But you know what God said to Abram when he first saw him? He said, I am with you. I go with you, and I go before you, and I'm behind you. I have your six. So Abraham, with 318 guys, go after these armies, and he beats them. You, you know God had to intervene, 318 guys that don't even know how to fight. Uh, you know, they're helpers in his, in his household. And so he wins. He's coming back with all this loot and all the people and everybody's celebrating. Then this priest comes down out of a mountain. His name's Melchizedek. It's a type of Christ. And Hebrews 7 talks about him. And he walks up to Abram and Abram never met him before. And he has bread and wine. And the Bible says that's a type of Jesus, right? The body and the blood. And, and then it, the Bible says he blessed Abram. He blessed him. And then Abram gave him a tithe of all. It's the first time tithing happens in the Bible, 400 years before the law came. And then we'll see it more and more after that. That's just part of the story. But after all that happens, he goes on. And right after that, God appears to him again to reassure him. And listen to Genesis 15.1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And that's referring to the fact you gave, I'm going to open up heaven, I'm going to reward you. But we're interested in this part. I am your shield. God's saying, I'm with you. I will protect you. And you just watched me do it, an army of four kings. And he says, I'm going to keep doing it. And there's something about knowing God's with us that makes us bold. Even when we go through great pain, we have defeat. It's just knowing, hey, God's going to walk me through this. God's with me. And I love how Isaiah reads it. Listen to this. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. When we understand God's with us, we can come to where we don't fear. It goes on to read, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What incredible promises. And so we can't be bold unless we know, hey, God is with us. You're going to be like my dad. He's a little nervous, but then he sees us. Oh, he's bold. And you need to know whatever you're dealing with right now, God's walking with you. And I just got, got to thinking about the high inflation and the gas prices higher than they've ever been and coming out of COVID and, and all that we've been through as a nation. And I thought about the Hebrew, uh, born again Hebrews or, or Jews uh, and 
Paul writes to them in the book of Hebrews. And these people were being persecuted for their faith. Some of them had their homes stolen from them. Some of them uh, were fired from their jobs. Some were thrown into jail, but they were being persecuted by other Jews that weren't Christians. And so he writes the book of Hebrews to help them understand who Jesus is from a Hebrew or Jewish perspective. And then he comes to this part, and I just think it's so apropos for where we're living, Hebrews 13, 5. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. So he's just saying, guys, don't make money your God. I'm your God. Don't worry that things have been taken from you. Don't worry that you're going through tough times. Don't fall in love with money. That doesn't mean uh, we, we don't need money. It doesn't mean God won't prosper us. It doesn't mean God doesn't want you to be wealthy. It just says don't allow it to be the number one thing in your life. But here's what we're after. Because God has said, what did he say? Never will I leave you never will I forsake you. So no matter what you're going through, you need to understand God's with me. What does that do? Well, verse six, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And we can bring it to the day. No matter what comes at us, guys, God is our helper. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So we can boldly declare, God is my helper. Can we give it up and say, thank you, God, that you're my helper? Mm. If I was a preacher, I'd preach. The real you is a bold you, man. That's important to know. So we have to clean up our understanding of God's perfect love. We have to clean up the fact and remind ourselves, shine it all up, spring clean it. God's with us. Oh my goodness. You're never alone. You might think you're alone, but you're never alone. Here's the third foundational truth, and it goes like this. Um, boldness rises up inside of us when we understand our authority in Christ. And I'll tell you what, when you understand you have authority in Christ, it's amazing. Do you know, whenever you're going through trouble, there's always double trouble, right? It's double trouble. Here's, here's what I mean. No matter what you're going through right now, you have an enemy, his name, we call him the devil. He has all these helpers. And whatever you're going through, there's a second battle. You know what he does? He comes and he has the ability to to try to put thoughts in our mind, and he will if we allow him to. That's why the Bible says, the devil walks around like a roaring lion sinking whom he may devour. But what does it go on to say? The next verse says, resist him in the faith, right? And the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. So the devil may not be bringing all these problems, right? Uh, but guys, he's going to bring all kinds of thoughts to your mind. You're going to fail. Uh, this is God. You're not going to succeed. Uh, this is the end of it. God doesn't love you. God's not for you. And then he also puts other temptations in our mind, right? He tries to deceive us to believe things that aren't true. And so that's the battle. And you and I have to know we have authority, and we don't have to put up with those thoughts. We don't have to put up with fear or its cousin anxiety. We don't have to put up with those types of things. And I, I, I had this become real to me when I was a young man. Gina's from Chicago, so we're visiting Chicago. I might have been 25, 26. And we, I went downtown Chicago for the first time in my life at 25, 26. And I had never been to downtown Cleveland, never had a reason at that point in my life to go to downtown Cleveland. It's the first time I'm in a huge downtown. And we're right on North Michigan Avenue, that, North, that magnificent mile. And it's, it's, it's rush hour. And I never saw this in my life. The, the, the traffic lights were working green, red, but we weren't being controlled by the traffic lights. There's police officers at every intersection. And, and, and when the police officer went like this, the car stopped. And I remember I got up to the front and it's a green light and I want to go. I'm anxious. I was really anxious at that age. Like I, I couldn't sit still. And, and the police officer go like this, but guess what I did? I stopped. 
And the thought crossed my mind, my car's bigger than this police officer. He can't really stop me. He's not strong enough to stop me, but I'm stopping. Why? Well, because I knew he had authority. I knew the whole justice system of Chicago is backing him up. And if I go through this, I'm going to be thrown in jail, right? Uh, he had authority. And guys, that's what the Bible teaches about you. God's given you this thing called authority. And because you have authority that's been given to you, guys, you can resist the devil. And he might be able to beat us in a fist fight. He might be able to beat us uh, with MMA. You know, we get in a ring with him. He's tougher than we are. But you know what? All of heaven's backing you out up because God's given you authority over him. And you have the right to speak to thoughts that hit your mind and control them. You don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live in fear. Here's what we need to do stop and resist him. And he has to go. You have that authority. And here's something that's really cool. Colossians 2.14 reads this way. Uh, Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. So when you accepted him, everything you ever did, he took your punishment and it's all been nailed to the tree, past, present, and future. That's what happened. But listen to what else he did when he died on that cross. Verse 15, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and the authorities, that's the devil and all his team. He didn't destroy him. He's still out there. He's walking around like a roaring lion saying, who doesn't know they have authority over me? Who doesn't know to resist me, right? Who doesn't know what authority is? And it says he disarmed him. He took his authority away, the spiritual rulers and the authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them at the cross. So this is where Jesus took the devil's authority over humans and took it away. He disarmed him. And there's a really cool verse. Listen to Ephesians 2.6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is called positional truth. So we know we're here, but when you accepted Jesus in that unseen realm positionally, God seated you right next to Jesus. That's important because in Bible days, whoever sat on the right hand of the king, and that's where Jesus is sitting, they literally had all authority over the whole kingdom. The king gave them a ring that symbolized they had all the authority, and they ran the kingdom. Everybody was subject to them. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're seated together with him, which means God has given you and I that authority. He's released it to us. And it's a very, very powerful truth. And here's where the Bible explains it. We just go up a couple verses, Ephesians 1 and verse 20, and it reads like this, which he, God, exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And where's Jesus at? And seated him in his right hand. And I love the next verse. Remember, we're not part of the Godhead, but we're seated right there. And when it comes to authority, God has released that to us. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. God, God can't really get rid of the fear thoughts and the anxiety thoughts and the temptations. You have to resist them. You have to say no to them and they have to listen to you, just like a police officer at that intersection. Listen to verse 21. Where's Jesus? He's far above all rule and authority power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And so, guys, you're seated there with him, right next to Jesus, and that same authority has been released to you. That's why God doesn't say, pray for me to get rid of fear. He says, you resist the devil. You resist him, and he'll flee from you. And I just want you to come out of this lesson with boldness rising up, because you're, you're a bold dude. Man, uh, the real you is a bold you, and you have this thing called boldness, but you have to understand God loves you perfectly. You have to understand God's with you, and you have to understand 
I have authority. And this world and the enemy, nothing has the ability to freeze us with fear. We have authority over fear. This world's full of junk. It's full of garbage. It's full of hard times. But we can walk through them with confidence because we have this thing called boldness. So you already did this spontaneously, but over in Borman, here in Warren, online, guys in the chat rooms, over the guys at TCI, uh, guys, can we just say one more time, thank you, God, for the boldness that you gave us. Can, can we give it up to God? Oh, man, that is so important. So I don't know about you, but this is a good time to pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord, here's our prayer. First of all, open our eyes up further, Lord, to these three foundational truths that you love us perfectly, that you're with us, and that we have authority over the enemy, Lord. Lord, help us see it more clearly than ever as we walk through this week and we deal with fear, remind us. And Lord, thank you that we can literally just say to the enemy and what he's throwing at us, I command you to go. And it has to listen just like that police officer. And so, Lord, make it real to us. I thank you for that. But Lord, also, we want to all join our faith right now. And we want to just pray for those maybe... They've given fear such a grip, and we just want to get them started. And right now, Lord, we ask you to break the grip of fear that's on some people. Break that grip, Lord, and we command fear to lose its grip. And I thank you, Lord, from this point on, they're not going to be able to be tormented by this or have their feet frozen. And if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it, guys? Let's come into agreement. Amen, amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're with us in Boardman, maybe here in Warren maybe at TCI, maybe online, and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or to hell. And I just want to say to you, man, that's why Jesus came. And the Bible says he came and he died for the sins of the whole world. And God raised him up out of the grave and he's alive. And whoever calls on his name will be saved. When it comes to Jesus, I can't force him on you. Nobody can. But the Bible says God's the one that opens our eyes up to who he is. And so Maybe you're listening right now and you say, you know what, Pastor Joe, I see it. I didn't to this point, but I really believe what you're saying. And, and my eyes are open to it and I'm ready to pray and accept Jesus. So I'm not asking you, have you been in church your whole life? I'm not asking you if you came in not believing in God, believing in God. I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus? And if you're ready to make him your savior, would you pray with us right now? Can, can the rest of us join them? Can we help them pray this? If you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. And just say this after me. Say, Father... I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of the living God. You died for all of our sins and God raised you out of that grave. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision this day to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.